Hey guys, it's Kurt, and in this episode uh, today on Parenting Today, we're going to talk about screens. Uh, before we get into that, I'll warn you that there's a little pre-show banter where John is going to reveal that his music taste is mm, less than exclusively curated. We'll just say that. And uh, But we're also going to get into screens and how often we're looking at them. And don't forget to check out the local youth worker. Uh, also, don't forget to check out RYM Student Podcast. And uh, all right, here's Joe Deegan, and let's jump right into it. Hey, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Parenting Today. As always, I'm here with Kurt Cooper. Kurt, good morning. Hey, how's it going? Um, John, it's good to see you. Yeah, good well, to see you, too. Yeah. I, I guess our listeners, I don't know if they've picked this up yet or not, but we are on Skype, so we actually can see each other. Um, it sounds weird to say that on an audio-only format, but yeah. Yeah, yeah. I can, I can see John right now. Just, yeah, rarely we, we disable the video sometimes if the mm-hmm. wi-fi is lagging or whatever um and yeah. <laughs> should we i guess we'll go ahead and say this kurt and i and we, maybe we have said this we try to trick each other sometimes that uh, that our computer is frozen or locked up and uh we just yes. freeze and i'm i'm awesome at it and kurt no, doesn't john. know if i'm really <laughs> frozen or not john go ahead and tell the truth kurt. <laughs> you could not be worse at it i'm pretty sure that every one of your children and my children, including my not yet two year old son, are could be better at it than you are. Like <laughs> your efforts are uh, so they're not good. I'll just say that. I'm, I'm working think, on it. I'm, I'm improving slowly. I mean, think about from the very first time to that's to true. This morning, that's true. It's a yeah. lot, a lot of improvement. this morning was really bad though. It was. <laughs> so if you're if you're not if you're not following us, we'll just sit still on the video and make the other person think that our computer is frozen. Um, and by and- still, what by still what John means is, is that John will sit there with this huge grin on his face. <laughs> that grows bigger and bigger. <laughs> yes, that grows bigger and bigger as he stands otherwise is com- somewhat still, you know, and he thinks that he is, he's tricking. Um, I think our me. listeners will agree with me when uh, I say <laughs> – Kurt, Kurt is a funny guy, and so it's hard not to laugh when you're hanging out with Kurt. He just He's a funny guy. Yeah. Yes, I also look very funny, so it's very <laughs> you know, it's hard not to you know react emotively, whether that's laughter or vomit. I don't know like when you see me. So I've, only, also that, I've only dry heaved a couple of times, Kurt, when, we, when yeah. I looked at you. Wow, um, we have gone way off the rails. What yeah, are we talking about today? I don't know. Um, hey, look, before we get into our discussion, and and really, Kurt and I are just jumping in today <laughs> where we have not um, had really any discussion. Um, I mean, we know what we're going to be talking about, but we haven't uh, had any kind of a game plan. But, uh, Kurt, I did want to give some shout-outs uh, to people uh, who we've heard from, you know, Several episodes ago, we, we've asked people to email us because we still have not set up any kind of Twitter handle or, or anything like that. Um, Wait, we don't have an email? Um, we're, you remember, we just, people, you gave your email and I gave my email. And so... We need an email. We need, we need we'll, an email. We'll work on that. Um, you'll, so, you'll work on that. <laughs> so um, we did hear from, from Jerry Bagley. And uh, she's at uh, Christ oh, yeah. Christ Church in Trustville, Alabama. And we've I think also... her husband's name is Jeff, right? Uh, is that... Yeah, that's yeah. right. That's mm-hmm. right. And uh, we've also heard from Daniel Phillips, um, as well as some, okay. you know, just other friends texting us. But um, 
I'm just giving them a shout out to say, hey, look, that they've uh, contacted contacted us and ha- have given us some ideas. And I'm not going to read out their ideas. I don't know if you know they want them to be secret or whatever. But we said it is helpful to hear from those who listen and mm-hmm. and and give us some feedback, give us some thoughts on, hey, I'd love for you guys to address this. And so it's been it's been good to hear from people out there. And I will say, with Daniel Phillips, it, it was pretty funny. Uh, that it was our after our music episode with Joe Deegan, uh, mm-hmm. Kurt, he, he sent an email to Kurt and myself, and just in the the subject line, it said, "quote There's no such thing as a perfect song," because one mm-hmm. of us in that episode made that statement, and all he had I think Joe it, Deegan said that. Okay, which yeah, we need to that's calling Joe Deegan out. Um, and so there was no content in the email. There was only a YouTube video of. Toto's song Africa and yeah. uh, that is an awesome 80s song um, yeah it's a good one if you don't know Daniel Phillips is. also wasn't alive in the 80s I think that's kind of like <laughs> I think if he'd been alive during Toto he might really if there is a perfect song it's not Toto it's it's I stand by it I think Bohemian Rhapsody is the closest we've ever gotten you know what long. it seemed like I saw a YouTube video recently saying why Bohemian Rhapsody is the best song um, well, it's just so there's so many different parts to it, and it's a rock song too. I mean, I know there are a lot of different parts. Anyway, I would not agree. Well, no, no, it's it's good to have the the banner at the beginning, but but I would not agree that Bohemian Rhapsody is a perfect song. I like it; it's a great song, but um, no, not. And I but, like Queen a lot. Tell tell me, well, it, what what would be your criteria for a perfect song? Well, I, I, my favorite band ever is Led Zeppelin. Um, so I guess I'd have to get on that, but I'm not going to say Stairway to Heaven because that's the obvious one, everybody. All their all their songs sound exactly the same. That's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> They're pioneers, Kurt. They are pioneers. Are, are they? Yes, <laughs> really? Absolutely. Um, okay. okay, so we're we're done talking about this. Uh, we'll pick it back up. We'll, we'll we'll debate this a little more later. Zeppelin. Wow. What a normcore <laughs> opinion. <laughs> it's yeah. It's funny to just critique Led Zeppelin and just to kind of. Yeah. I, I mean, I like some Led Zeppelin songs, but they do kind of sound very similar. So did the Beatles. If, you, if you're going to say no? that, yes, oh, really? absolutely. Yeah. Okay. We've got to stop because it's already getting to six minutes and we haven't even gotten yeah. to our. Sergeant Peppers and the White <laughs> Album, they're exactly the same. Those are, those are definitely exactly the same. Okay. John. Um, we've got some homework for you to do. Um, <laughs> so. The Beatles got way out there. I think that was their problem. All right. Screen time, John. Screen We're talking about time. Screen time. That's right. Yeah. So yeah, bring bring us in, Kurt. What what, what okay. are we talking about? Well, we're talking about the amount of time that we spend looking at a screen every day. Um, Which the, the irony of, of the fact that we're both on Skype right now, looking at our computer. Yes, we are looking at a screen. So there you go. We're on a, and that can be a laptop screen, um, but more than likely the screen <laughs> that we're talking about is a, a phone screen. Um, some people have called it a black mirror, but, um, <laughs> but that's a, that's, uh, a, that's a Netflix show for people who don't know. Yeah. Well, it's, it was actually a show on the BBC first, but, uh, yeah, uh, we're talking about phone screens and we're talking about the amount of time that we spend staring at them. Um, and, uh, how that time, the percentage of time in our, of our day that's spent looking at our screens has increased, uh, exponentially, uh, you know, in the last decade or so and how it is, uh, it continues to increase. Uh, and it's gotten to the point now where 
it's problematic where people are starting to take notice. Even the people who make these devices are starting to take notice of the fact that it's not really help. It's not really helpful and it's not really healthy on the amount of time that we spend looking at our screens. Uh, and uh, we're going to talk about that today. I've, we've got um, John and I have both taught on screen time before. John's taught at RYM and I just taught a churchwide Sunday school lesson about screen time about two months ago. And uh, and so we both uh, we've both spent some time. I've read. I know John has, too. We've both read several books about this issue. And so that's what we're going to talk about today. Screen yeah. time. And I think just just that right there, Kurt, uh, when you said we, we've read several books, the fact that books are being written on this is pretty telling um, that, that there is more literature and there is, you know, <clears throat> excuse me, a lot of concern uh, about this issue. I mean, there are, you know, there's research that's showing that it can delay development in children, that eyesight is being uh, bothered. I mean, I know years ago, Kind of the study on um, issues associated with the neck and our posture because of people just kind of looking over hunched, looking at their phones. Tech, tech neck. There you go. Um, so, so there's a lot of things uh, that, that, yeah, should be causing uh, concern for us. I know many have heard this before, and it's kind of been the, uh, the I mean, seemed to maybe be the first time where a lot of people started to, to show concern was when Steve Jobs said he, he limits or does not allow his children to look at an iPad because he was concerned. Mm-hmm. And then I know in the book Irresistible that Kurt and I have both, both referenced on this show, um, Adam Alter. Written by Adam Alter. There yeah, you go. Adam Alter. So, um, shout out to him. He, uh, he talks about just the many of the CEOs in the Silicon Valley uh, do not allow their children to go to schools uh, that use technology. They go to schools that prohibit technology. Um, mm. So that's just kind of some of the, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, the concern. But but let's um, let's back up a little bit. And uh, again, as we try to talk creation, fall, redemption, a lot of times, and you know, as we've said plenty of times, there's not always clear distinction in, in our conversation. Um, but let's talk about some of the creational good of screens. I mean, as we said at the beginning, Kurt and I are looking at a screen right now. We're talking to each other. And so the fact that he's in Alabama, I'm in Mississippi, um, it, it's great that we can connect this way as we know that we are relational creatures, um, that screens do allow us to uh, connect with friends more easily and uh, and to you know tap into that relational um, aspect to to being created in the the image of god and of course it is a you know a lesser form of connection Um, there's something different about kurt and i actually sharing the same physical space than a a screen Um, but that Mm. could that can be a good thing and so um, some of the the good about screens is i mean that's one thing is just kind of tapping into some uh, relational aspects but also uh, i mean there are a lot of um apps that have been designed to help those with special needs uh, with various disabilities that um, I know we have a special needs ministry at our church and um, iPads can be very helpful um, with just various uh, forms of disability and so I mean that's an awesome aspect to just technology in general um, but but they can be helpful I mean I know too as I've um, spoken with people who are who are older and their eyesight is not as good to have um, their Bibles on a, a, an iPad where they can you know have a large mm-hmm. font and it's lit and they can read it better um, so that's that's some some goods and so Kurt do you have any good uh, good aspects that you you want to add to that 
Well, yeah, I mean, I think one thing that happens with our church is that we get to hear a lot more from the missionaries that we support. Uh, we have missionary lunches where uh, our members can come, um, have lunch at the church, and hear a Skype presentation, and we Skype in on a screen. Uh, one of our missionaries, and they just kind of tell us how what's going on, and we can ask them questions. I mean, that kind of connectivity is, um, I mean, it's just, quite frankly, it's amazing. I think, you know, even 50 years ago or 25 years ago, even, um, people would look at that and say, oh, man, you know, uh, that's so that's so cool that, that you can do that. And um, so, obviously, yeah, I think there's there's obviously some good to be drawn from, uh, the connectivity that screens provide us. If it wasn't, if there wasn't some good, people wouldn't be using them. Um, you know, there wouldn't, they wouldn't be as popular as they were. So, yeah. um, yeah. And, and I think maybe this is where we say that idolatry, we've probably said this too many times, but, or I don't know if you can say it too many times, but people don't idolize or make idols out of bad things. Um, no one idolizes garbage. They idolize things that are good. Um, and so, you know, the fact that uh, our phones uh, have brought forth our, you know, or exposed the, the idolatry in our lives only shows that they in themselves must have some kind of creational good. So, mm-hmm. so yeah, I mean, obviously there's, there's good there. There's, <clears throat> I mean, my parents have seen way more pictures of my children than um, my grandparents ever saw of me. Um, they've, uh, they've, even though we live, uh, three and a half hours away by car from them, they see my children, they have live video and, you know, there's no, that's not replacing physical, you know, being in the same physical space. Like you said, it's a lot, you know, it's fun to see your grandchild. It's a lot different to get to hold them. Mm -hmm. Um, so understanding that, but still, um, seeing them is better than not seeing them. Mm -hmm. And, um, and, uh, you know, there, there's obviously some good that comes with that. And I think that's how lots of these things are marketed. Uh, mm-hmm. Facebook's, uh, I don't know what the device is called, I but forgot. the screen. Portal? You is forgot? That? Portal, that's right. Portal. Yeah. And uh, also the name of a pretty fun video game from a few years back. So if you ever want to try that out, I, I, that gets a 100% recommendation from me. For all ages, it's pretty funny um, and pretty fun. But uh, yeah, uh, Facebook's portal that's kind of how they market it is like oh look you can be even though you're separated by many hundreds or thousands of miles like you can be like it's in your you're in the same room with someone so yeah um and that's yeah that's interesting even in their marketing on some of the commercials that they have it set up to where it looks like they're actually talking in the same room and then you know the mm-hmm. camera will zoom out and then you realize oh they're they're looking at a screen yeah. and so they, they try to mm-hmm. kind of set it up like that um so look i mean <clears throat> we we have to Plenty of times, as we've said, as Christians, we we have to see that that technology is a good thing. That you know, Genesis one and two, as we're commanded to exercise dominion. I mean, part of that is advancing technologically speaking, and so uh, we cannot be. Yeah. Anti- I enjoy, I enjoy, I enjoy like surgery. I think like that's like <laughs> you know technology that I'm really glad that we've developed at Medicine, this point. Yeah, air conditioning, mm-hmm. heat. I think cars. I think the man who invented. I think the man who invented ibuprofen died uh, just recently. Hmm. And uh, anyway, yeah. uh, I think Thank maybe two weeks ago. Sincerely. Yeah, seriously. I <laughs> yeah. mean, what a, what a wonderful, um, I mean, how many fevers have been reduced? How many children's lives have been saved yeah. because 
uh, we could give them ibuprofen and it would lower their fever. So mm -hmm. we're, you know, we're going to talk a lot about the problems with screen time. Yeah. And I think what John is trying to say is, is even though we're going to do that, we're, and it's going to seem like we're kind of coming down hard on it. We're not, um, we're not Luddites. We don't yes. think that, uh, we use screens. Um, and it's not about not using them. It's about using them judiciously. Uh, temperance is a word that's been used and that normally is associated with, um, you know, alcohol, but temperance as C.S. Lewis says is going the, the right length with everything, you know, going the perfect length, uh, hitting the perfect putt is how I always think about it in golf. Like you, you just want to hit it right to the hole. You don't want to hit it past. You don't want to hit it short. You want to do perfect. Mm -hmm. And, you know, that's the thing with screens. So, yeah. yeah. And so, yeah, you know, that, I mean, that is trying to maintain some balance. We need to see that it's technology is a good thing, um, even though, you know, much of this conversation is going to be looking at the negative. And, and I think, Kurt, maybe just a starting point is the fact that, you know, as we're talking about screens, specifically smartphones, is just this is new technology. And so even those who, who, who raise concerns about screen time and are talking about eyesight and delayed development that, <clears throat> excuse me, they say there's just so much we don't know yet because this is so mm. new that um, there's, there's not a lot of research they can point to um, because this is just such a new form of technology. And so, you know, that, that alone, I think for the Christian, spe specifically for the Christian parent should give pause um, to just how much they're allowing their young children um, to have these devices, because we just don't mm. know what this will do to them five years from now, 10 years from now, 20 years from now. Um, and so that, that's kind of, you know, the first place maybe to begin is just for parents to, to realize, I mean, this is still a new form of technology. And yes, so many people have just kind of dove in headfirst and are, you know, putting these devices in the hands of their children. And, um, it's it's a very common, um, you know, practice to just go into any restaurant and see little children just on their devices and parents are sitting there having a conversation. Of course, look, I get it. It is awesome to be able to have something where you can have adult conversation and your child is entertained, but we don't know the price that we're paying yet for that. And so just kind of mm. being cautious about that. Kurt, do you want to react to that? I think, well, I just want to say that um, I think one of my favorite parts of Adam Alter's book, Irresistible, is when he talks about how everyone fell in love with cocaine in the late uh in the 1800s in the late 1800s and early early 1900s that everyone fell in love with cocaine and um cocaine became this thing of sigmund freud um sir robert christison uh the guy who invented coca-cola john s pemberton or john c pemberton one of them they're both they both fought in the civil war but um one of them invented coca-cola um all these people they just they thought they had discovered the elixir of life um these were educated people who um, and they, you know, they thought, well, look, I can take this and people who can't walk like elderly people who aren't ambulatory, all of a sudden they can walk and they feel healthy. And, you know, and so there were ads in newspapers, there were ads all, all over the place saying, look, oh, do you have trouble speaking in front of people? Cocaine can help you with that. Do you have trouble, um, you know, with this or with that cocaine can help you with that. And, you know, uh, seven, you know, 700 doctors across the nation agree that cocaine is this and cocaine is that. And the thing was, is it was brand new and no one had really, you know, no, it hadn't been around long enough that we knew the side effects. And so we didn't realize that like there are some very severe and dangerous side effects to cocaine use, not only it's addictive power, all right, but the fact that it can basically make your heart explode. Um, so there's, you know, there's, 
it might seem like a leap to say, well, co- phones, smartphones are like cocaine, but it's not really that big of a leap because mm-hmm. just um, just we, when we think about addiction, we think about um, substances like someone's addicted to alcohol or to opioids or you know to a, to something like that. But the most common addiction among all people are behavioral addictions, and those behavioral addictions are are addictions and you know and i'm not just talking about biting your fingernails i mean that is a behavioral addiction i'm talking about all the different things you do and one behavioral addiction that a lot of us are rapidly you know gaining in our lives if you can call that is our just addiction to looking at our smartphone all the time and you know if we don't rightly understand that we don't see we're we're never going to see or it's going to by the time that we see how uh damaging these addictions are it won't be too late, but the damage will have already been done. So, mm-hmm. so yeah, yeah um, you know, I, I think just, I mean, just think about this for a second. Just think about what's the first thing that you touch in the morning when you wake up. What's the first thing that you touch? And what's the last thing that you touch before you go to sleep at night? And for a lot of people, the answer is their phone, mm-hmm. right? The, not, so the phone wakes me up and it puts me to bed. Um, my all my schedule is on my phone. If I need information, it's a, if I want to know something, you know, who sings the song, Shazam it, you know, or where or how to where am I going today? My schedule, yes. How am I going to get there? Google Maps. Like so, in every aspect of my life, I think for a lot of people, this is going to be the answer: is that my phone runs my life. Um, my phone runs my life, and. You say people have just um, just taken the plunge and gone headfirst into it. I mean, I think that's the greatest evidence of this is that there's not, you know, if I, for a lot of people who are listening to this, if you took away their phone, would they be able to function? Um, if I took away your phone today and I said you don't have it for a week, could you do your job, whether your job is to raise children at home or whether your job is to be the CEO could you do your job without your – and I think for most people, they would say – I think for – maybe not most people, but for a significant number of people, the answer would be no way, no chance. Or I could, but I would be greatly, greatly diminished. And that's a sign of dependency. Um, it's a sign of addiction. Um, it's, it's, it, that has, that's a seabed for something very problematic. Hmm. Uh, that's yeah well said Kurt and and just to go back real quick uh, it's John S Pemberton by the way ph- yeah. pharmacist John S Pemberton um There's, yeah, yeah inventor of Coca-Cola uh yeah. to, so just John to, C Pemberton was also a really famous um soldier in the civil war as well so okay. um in fact I, th- I think John C Pemberton was the more famous soldier I think he was the general and I can't remember if he was on the north or the south it doesn't really matter but John S. Pemberton is the pharmacist who was addicted to morphine and created Coca-Cola to curb his addiction Mm -hmm. to morphine. Yeah. Well, well, Kurt, going back to what you said about, you know, oftentimes our phones are the first (laughs) things we pick up in the morning and the last thing we look at before we go to bed. And, you know, to even as we're talking about, you know, that that seems pretty clear that that's a a form of idolatry. You know, it's almost kind of it's almost laughable to even just say that because it seems so obvious. But there there might be some people out there at times who who think, well, who cares if I look at it first thing in the morning or if it's the last thing that I go to bed? And they might kind of push back on, well, it's not that big of a deal. But but what I want to even challenge is just 
the defense of that. You know, when when people start to get a little agitated, possibly of just even if we if we go so far to say, hey, why don't you try not to pick it up first thing in the morning, or try not to look at it just right before you go to bed? That even the reaction to that of wanting to defend that or wanting to push back, I think, is also evidence of of idolatry. Um, because as we've said so many times, we, we have to defend our idols and that if we get angry, oftentimes that's revealing what our idols are. And so if, I think, you, if you get on the defense, what, sh- what, what does Shakespeare say? Me thinks he doth protest too much. Like <laughs> our, uh, our, you know, if someone is um, aggressively, I think, I can't remember who said this. It might've been Tim Keller, but he said that our idols are weak. So they need defend, defending. Mm-hmm. We have to defend them. Um, or we feel like we need to defend them. And I think, yeah, I mean, that's a sign. If we're defensive about it, it's a good sign that that, that there's a there's a reason why we have to be defensive about it. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, yeah, I'm sorry, John, you go ahead. No, I was just going to say, we, we just have to be aware that, I mean, those who are listening, if you're coming to, to the defense of this or if you're justifying it in some way, like I need it for this or I need it for that, just be cautious of your heart. And that is telling of your heart. Um, and, and look, Kurt, I'll turn it back over to you. I do want to reference um, William P. Smith's booklet. It's a tiny booklet entitled Obsessed with Your Phone. Some of you have heard us mm. talk about this. And we actually had William P. Smith on the local Youth Worker podcast. I can look up those episodes and put them in the show notes. But uh, just to hear some of his discussion on kind of, okay, well, how do I know if I am obsessed with my phone or how do I know if I'm addicted to my phone. He just gives some, some questions that I think are helpful. I'll read just a few of these, Kurt. And I mean, he, he says, you know, how quickly do you pick up your phone in the morning? Uh, do you hear from it before you hear from God? Do you check your phone multiple times a day or an hour uh, to make sure you know what's going on in the world and with your friends? Uh, can you usually see or fill your phone? Uh, does it spend more time face up or face down when you're not carrying it? Uh, do you misplace your phone less often than you do your keys? Um, yeah, does it, this is a good one, does, does it entertain you when you have uh, time you don't know what to do with, distract you when you're upset, calm you when you're angry? And so going to it in those you know times where you just have those emotions, um, yeah, I think it's just it's good for us to be asking these questions and to be thinking of just how addicted we are. I mean, I think studies say every four minutes typically, we're thinking about reaching for our phone or picking up our phone. And that's kind of the, mm-hmm. the average there. Well, we've definitely, we have Pavlovianly, we've been Pavlo, just like Pavlov's dogs. We've been trained by our phones. I mean, notifications are uh, when I even saw a YouTube video where uh, they would walk by people on like park benches and outdoor malls. And they would, they had their phone set up so they could press a button and it would make, the fun there this person that's walking by his phone would make the sound like a ding like they got a text message and just over and over and over again the people who were who just heard that would they be in would the middle salivate. of conversation no, <laughs> yeah they would they would salivate just like Pavlov's dog it was amazing, amazing. yeah <laughs> oh no they would they would go for their phone two people would be talking two ladies were sitting on the bench this guy walks by he makes the sound as he walks by like he makes his phone make the sound and as they're both talking or listening or having this conversation, they both reach for their phones, look at them, and then put them back in their pockets. Um, that, you know, we are constantly – think about how frustrated you get if you're in your car and let's say you got your phone in your pocket and it starts to go off with notifications. 
And let's say you're wearing jeans, so you can't just like slip your hand into your pocket and you, you know, and so you're, and you're driving, so you're trying to be safe and and not text and drive. So, you know, and then you get that second notification that reminds you of the, you know, your phone remind you, Hey, I buzzed earlier. And then, but maybe it's multiple texts. And so you're going to get all those buzzes once and just how agitated you, you get when you can't look at it, when you, when it's buzzing, you can't look at it. You might even say out loud, I'm driving right now, or, you know, like, oh, I wish these people would stop texting me. Um, because you, what, what that reveals is that you have trained yourself that when this thing prompts you, you respond. That's a prompt. It's a call and answer, a call and response. It's a worship. That's a worship thing. Right. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I actually, um, I'm actually looking on my phone to share this. So, you know, irony slash my, my phone is face down Kurt and I'm giving uh, you my full attention that's awesome that's why I'm doing about I'm I'm using my phone for information that's why I'm doing such a better job at this than you. <laughs> <laughs> that's why I'm having to carry this podcast <laughs> <laughs> I'm putting this on my no. back John <laughs> um, get in my backpack John <laughs> um, I've got us I can carry us no I was going to reference uh, Katie Rossman or Roseman not sure how to say it it's um R-O-S-M-A-N. She's a writer for the New York Times. And uh, she posted a picture of that she had gotten, she says, from Facebook, where in one in a high school teacher <laughs> in, in fourth period of her class, she had all of her students get their phones out and turn their notifications, their volume and their notifications all on and as loud as they could get. All right. And then they just, at the end of the class, they just tallied up the number of notifications. And if you go to her, I guess it's her Twitter account. You can find a picture of that. Um, it is insane. I'm trying trying to estimate the text messages. Like as you're, as you're, as you're looking at it, because look, I've got the same picture pulled up. It's hilarious. And I've got to give a shout out to Phil Etheridge. He sent me this, I think yesterday. Um, yeah, to, to show, but yeah, we can put the picture of this in the show notes. I mean, Hundreds, yeah. hundreds of tally marks. I mean, it is in yeah. Facebook, Snapchat, it's, email, it's, phone call, text message, Instagram. It's at least it's at least four hundred text messages just during fourth period. Yeah. That just text messages. If you look and like email, I mean LinkedIn is through the roof. I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah, I mean they received they received thirty two phone calls in that period. All right, and which it's is not crazy like, because phone calls. Yeah, I mean that's not even that. <laughs> common obviously yeah. among teens but yeah yeah and instagram notifications but something like um it looks like to me um uh so like 200 or so emails 400 plus text messages 30 phone calls it looks like at least 200 or so instagram notifications um 50, it looks like maybe 25 or or, or maybe now more than 25 more like 60 Facebook and this is all this isn't think about how short a class period is most class periods are shorter than an hour Mm -hmm. all right most class periods at the most are like 50 52 minutes right in in high school so in that amount of time and we don't know how big the class is Mm -hmm. maybe there were 30 people in the class okay and that you know or maybe there were 25 or maybe and that you know but all that to say is that even if there were 30 people that's a ton you know every time that your phone does that, it's encouraging you to be distracted. And, that, and that's, um, since we're talking about books, uh, you know, that uh, are really helpful, I think Tony Reinke's book, 
Um, 12 Ways Your Phone Is Changing You is probably one of the best books that I've read on this. In fact, it would be the number one. If someone wanted a book to read about this, this would be the number one book that I would suggest is Tony Reinke's book, 12 Ways Your Phone Is Changing You. And one of the things that he says is that we're just, we're addicted to distraction and our phones feed our addiction to distraction. And it, this this was the case before we were um, before there were smartphones, but smartphones feed into that addiction is the idea that we use our we <laughs> we want to be distracted. Mm-hmm. We want to be distracted from uh, hard things in life, from difficult conversations or people um, that we that we we're not. We're not. It's not as if our phones are intriguing. We're we're over here trying to get hard work done, and our phones are getting in the way. It's that we want to keep work away. We want to keep people away, and we also, most importantly, we want to keep thoughts of eternity away. Mm-hmm. And our phone really feeds into those things. I mean, I just think about when I was in college. It it always it never failed that right around exam time, I would find something that I was super interested in. I would discover and right around when I was supposed to be studying, I would find this something that I was super interested in. I remember someone gave me the book, The Hobbit, right around exam exam time. And when I should have been, you know, studying chemistry or (laughs) whatever else, marketing and preparing for exam, I was finding myself like running back to read a few pages of The Hobbit. I'd never read it before. Right? I remember when I finished The Hobbit, I was like, man, it's so good. I wish there was more. And the guy was like, <laughs> well, <laughs> let me tell you something. I was like, no way. This but, talking like, guy I, was onto something. Yeah, man, seriously, how prolific. But uh, <laughs> I wish there was more. There are three more books and they're even bigger than that one. What? Um, but we, you know, I, I joke with my kids, they always find the new game right around exam time, right around May, right around December. You know, that's when, I mean, when did Fortnite take off? Fortnite really took off. Pokemon, now, I was in on Pokemon Go. I, I mean, same thing. Did, around well, May. Like, oh. I, I was, I was going to say that um, I was in on Fortnite a little earlier than, uh, earlier than all of my students. I found out about it in like You're September, October. That's what it is. Yeah. So, no, I had someone that said, this is free. You need to try this. This is cool. And so I was like, free. Um, so there's my idols are being, but, um, free, but, uh, you know, uh, but all of my, I noticed like when I started playing Fortnite, you know, that right around time of exams, all of my students started playing Fortnite. Like all, like all of a sudden they were just all over it. Like, and it's because, you know, or maybe it's, you know, some game on their phone, like Flappy Bird or, but you all, we are designed, we, we, procrastination is a real thing because we're trying to keep hard work away and our phones help us do that. They also help us keep people away, um, from heart, you know, how, I don't know if anyone has ever done this, but I will confess that I've done it is that, hmm. um, uh, John, the judgment, right? <laughs> I haven't even confessed yet. Already I know where you're going. <laughs> Cool. No. Oh, wow. You know my thoughts before. <laughs> it's a talent. I just try not to brag about it. But go ahead. Yeah. Anyway, is that if you don't want to talk to someone or if you don't want to be bothered, it's easy to just pull up your phone like you're on the phone with someone. You don't have to be on the phone with someone. You don't even have to like say anything. You just hold your phone up as you're walking into a room or into a building and people will leave you alone. And, you know, we use our phones. If anything awkward happens in our youth group or if at any time if our students feel any kind of stressor, you can see they'll get their phones out and use it as like a little shield. Be like, OK, well, let me just check Instagram real quick. Let me check this or let me check that. 
So we keep people away. We keep work away. And then we also keep eternity away because we're always distracted. We don't ever have this time before we think about um, the world to come. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I'll tell you that when I was in college, um, that was a very important time for me spiritually. And a lot of that time, a lot of those important times were times like where I was just by myself. And I, was, I had my Bible or I was reading a book like Mere Christianity by C.S. Lewis or, you know, something like that. And it was just I was just by myself and I was thinking about my life and about what I believed and whether I really believed it. And I did, you know, to my advantage over my current students, my advantage is I didn't have someone pinging me, letting me know this or that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, yeah that, that's that's good, Kurt. And look, we're at um, a little over 35 minutes. So why don't we wrap up here and pick up on Thursday, I think talking to parents, I know this discussion can create a lot of fear and worry and concern. And so kind of giving some possible advice and boundaries and thoughts. Yeah. What to do. Yeah. Yeah. So um, anyway, Kurt, why don't you, since I brought us in, you take us out. Well, guys, thank you for joining us. Um, And uh, thank you for using your screen to connect to us more than likely on your phone or whatever. We recognize that. Um, And I hope you'll join us again Thursday. Uh, John, it's great to talk to you and I'll see you then. Yeah, see you, Kurt.